I've always been the ugly duckling. I was bullied mercilessly through my high school years for my looks. It's left an undeniable impression on me throughout life and a physical impression as well. I've always self-harmed to take the pain away, but I'm done playing victim. I'm going to get surgery and blossom into the beautiful swan I always dreamt I could be. For the first time I could remember, I was generally happy. I was soaring on cloud nine, but as I left each doctor consultation, my mood plummeted. These were eye-popping prices they were talking about. For the amount of cosmetic work I wanted, it would take a lifetime to pay for everything. I went to my brother Tom's house to vent. To my shock, he said he could actually help me. He was a failed med student, but that was only because he smoked too much pot and missed classes. He said he would be able to get the medical supplies and conduct the surgeries himself. It sounds insane, I know. I too was understandably nervous about the idea of my brother performing surgeries on me outside of a hospital setting. But he showed me some videos of his trials during med school and it eased my mind. I couldn't continue life the way I was. I would rather risk death than live another day being this freak. The first thing I wanted were new breasts. My brother got the supplies and we set up a date for the surgery. I was shaking with anxiety, but he pumped me with some drugs and I was out like a light. When I woke up, I had a tremendous pain in my chest, but they were there. I had the breast I always wanted. He even fixed my deformed nipples. The scars looked hideous, but my brother assured me that they would lighten. Next, he performed a rhinoplasty for my new nose. Once again, the nose looked perfect, but the stitches surrounding were horrendous. I couldn't complain though. He was giving me thousands of dollars of surgery for free. I became addicted. I wanted more. I needed more. I immediately had work done to my ears within the same week. I walked out of the house with confidence for the first time, and I think the surgery was actually working. People were giving me looks everywhere I went. I hadn't got this much attention before. I was so excited. I wanted to go home to plan more surgeries. When I went to take a shower, I noticed something alarming. My breasts were discolored and pus oozed from the stitched area. After my makeup had been washed off and I looked in the mirror, my nose had the same issue. My ears as well. I was mortified and needed answers immediately. As I was about to call him, I saw his photo on the TV. Local man arrested in a string of grave robberies. My boyfriend was embarking on a business trip across the country. It would mark the first time we would be apart for an extended period of time since we began dating. As his truck backed out of the driveway, I felt my eyes water. We had only been together for a few months. Why was I already this attached? I dried my tears, caked my face with makeup, and headed to work. I prayed that my co-workers wouldn't be able to see this emotional wreck shimmering beneath the facade. Once I arrived, I knew I should have just called out sick. He consumed my thoughts and my mind was racing like an American pharaoh down the home stretch. I checked my phone every couple minutes. No text. No calls. Was his flight delayed? Had he not been boarded yet? I watched Final Destination for the first time this week. Why the fuck did I do that? I knew if I just heard his voice, all my worries would go away. When lunchtime arrived, I raced out to my car. 
I called him. No answer. I left a message, then text him. Then again. Crickets. I was losing my mind, and if I returned to work like this, my job would be next. So I made up some bullshit excuse about a family emergency and booked it out of there. I needed to drive to the airport to find out what was going on. I needed to know that he was okay. As I made my way down the road, I decided to call again. Straight to voicemail. Was he ignoring me? Was he already on his flight? My confusion only intensified when I saw a truck pass me in the opposite direction. Not any truck. His truck. Without thinking, I made an abrupt U-turn and started following him. I kept my distance so he wouldn't spot me. But there wasn't a business trip in the first place. Maybe he was hiding something from me. I followed him for miles until we hit a dirt road leading directly to a home. My heart sank when I saw a woman coming out to greet the truck. I could feel my blood boiling beneath my skin. My heart was pounding so hard it looked like an alien would pop through my chest any moment. The woman was glowing with excitement as she talked through the truck window. I grabbed a screwdriver from the glove box and thought of how I would approach them. The truck door opened and he hopped out, but he wasn't my boyfriend. It was a man I'd never seen before. He popped the trunk to reveal the rolled up carpet. I stealthily exited my vehicle and hid in the brush nearby to listen in. I can't thank you enough. Dormwrecker should get back from her shift in a couple hours. Do what you want, just don't be messy. Having a stalker is living hell, constant anxiety, turning every corner in fear, leaving your phone off to avoid calls. It feels like my life has been wasting away and I'm simply playing a game of survival rather than living. It started when I began receiving anonymous letters in my mailbox. Each one became more menacing and explicit. It turned into photos being left, photos of me out in public, in my home, while I slept. It then erupted into an onslaught of terror, constant phone calls, obvious signs of tampering in my home, even death threats against family. The sole issue has shaped my life and the way I choose to live. My family distanced themselves a bit after the death threats towards them, then essentially told me to reach out once the situation had been handled. My friendships began to disintegrate. I guess I grew tired of my paranoia bringing down the mood. I had to quit my job because I became frightened to leave my house for such a long duration during the day. The only bright light in my life is my husband. While other guys shied away from dating me, he understood my fears and vowed to help me and support me in any way. I remember our first date ended with him staying the night in his car to look out for my stalker. His commitment and love is everything to me. That's why it hurts me that he's being dragged into this hell, constant letters threatening to kill him, having his tires spiked, and so much more. I remember a big commotion downstairs one night. My husband came sprinting back upstairs into my room and told me that there was a guy in our house, but he chased him out. I thank God for him being there, but I also die inside knowing I put him in this type of danger. My husband took a job at home to accommodate me and provide me with a constant sense of security. We are usually always together, but this day my husband had to go out. I was completely on edge, and to distract my mind, I decided to go on my old Facebook account. 
I grew bitter seeing all my former friends post about being out partying. I decided I would delete all my photos with them and rid them from my life for good. As I began deleting, I viewed an old photo of us at the beach, smiling, happy, free. In the background, I could see my husband. How funny, I thought. It's like one of those photos that foreshadow our destiny together. I clicked on the next photo and saw my husband in the background again, then another, and another. I could feel the blood drain from my face and instant nausea set in. I shut down the computer and stared blankly ahead. I could see my husband's reflection staring back. The raid was swift and decisive, our entire town decimated in an instant. The poor souls unfortunate enough to survive the initial onslaught were now relegated to servitude. We had become pawns in their sick game. The rules were simple. Two individuals enter the arena and one comes out victorious. The winner received food. The loser wouldn't have to worry about eating again. We sat in individual pitch black pods until our captors dragged us out for battle. The wait between fights could last days but it was impossible to know just how long. All I knew is that I was hungry. Correction, I was starving. It's been a while since my last brawl and the measly bowl of rice I earned from the blood-soaked victory. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to the battle pairings. Big versus small, old versus young, man versus woman. They don't care about an even fight, they just want carnage. Food deprivation inflicts unparalleled pain and misery on a human being. It affects the mind and body to a degree that words just simply can't justify. The sound the stomach makes when desperately pleading for substance is chilling. The mind slows to a turtle-like crawl in an effort to maintain cognitive function. Random memories will flood your neocortex in an effort to block out the thought of food but it's never successful. Suddenly, I hear the latch of my pod being lifted. My sanctuary has finally arrived. As I'm dragged into the arena, I try to mentally prepare myself for any type of opponent that could be thrown my way. A rotisserie chicken is shown on the Drumbotron, the bounty for this death match. My lips salivate at the image on the screen. The size or experience of my opponent is now an afterthought. I was stand toe to toe with Zeus if it meant a morsel of that paltry. The screams and heckles of savages filling the stands shook the ground beneath me. As the gates ascended, I stared across the blood drenched sand and surveyed my opponent. My heart momentarily stopped as I recognized the face of my opponent, my son. He was skeleton thin, fresh piss migrated down the pant leg, and a look of sheer terror plastered his adolescent face. I was overcome with emotion and immediately dropped to my knee in prayer. Thank you for allowing me to eat once more. I have a growing suspicion that my wife is trying to leave me. She's always been a bit of a complainer. I knew that from the time we met, but recently it's been nonstop. Her list of complaints grow more each day, just like her unhappiness. She says I don't do enough to support her. She claims there's never been enough food or clothing for her, but there always seems to be enough alcohol for me. 
What a hypocrite. Alcohol is actually how we met. I almost laugh when she makes these asinine comments. Doesn't she know I'm trying my best? I never realized how expensive it would be to settle down with a girl. Yet I always take extra shifts at work to scrounge what little I can. I know that she thinks about other men. And she certainly thinks I have interest in other women. She always barks at me to never bring another girl back to the house. She taunts me and says if a girl wound up with me, it would ruin their life. How lowly my wife thinks of me. She makes me out to be the cold one in our relationship. But our fifth anniversary is this week and she didn't even acknowledge it. She spent that day telling me how awful I was and how she wanted to move back in with her parents. Leave me for her parents? The same parents you couldn't wait to get away from when our young love blossomed. Every once in a while, she'll go on a huge tirade about how she'll kill me or she'll get in contact with the cops for how I've treated her. Part of me hopes she follows through. She's the one that hits me and constantly berates me with abusive language whenever I go near her. Maybe it's time everyone knew she wasn't the angel they made her out to be. She's been quieter than usual and I feel like today is the day she actually builds up the courage to leave me. The day she tosses aside financial support, consistent love and affection, and tries to begin anew. I pretend to go to work, but I park around the corner. Bingo. I see my wife frantically pounding on the window, screaming on the top of her lungs. I sigh, get out of the car and walk towards the house, before she alerts the neighbors. I could have never foreseen this type of behavior out of a runaway that was so eager to come back to my house and share a drink over five years ago.